Welcome to the Mordcast, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Before I get started, I'd like to talk to you about Melanchthon Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. Um, right now is a good time to go over to bfwdenver.com and book yourself a virtual wine tasting, or get yourself a bottle of the 2017 Cabernet. Or, if you don't like the Cabernet, you can get any manner of whites, you can get blends, you can get Syrahs, you can get Pinots. Um, they also have Western Slope Partnerships, or Partnerships of Western Slope uh, wineries called Restoration and Storm Cellars. There's another one in the Elk Mountains. This, they really, really do represent Colorado in, this, uh, in their operation. And uh, the Dairy Block is also very pretty. Um, this next weekend, it's going to be in the 70s. Uh, good time to get down there. I think 75% capacity in Denver, so you can get down there, enjoy safe, socially distant uh, wine drinking at a wine bar. Um, they got a bunch of outdoor spaces. Enjoy the Dairy Block. The Dairy Block is one of the best and most pretty places you can enjoy something in Colorado. Rockies games going on. You'll enjoy it. Go to bfwdenver.com and also get yourself a bottle of wine that can be delivered, shipped, or you can pick up curbside. Whatever you need, BFW Denver and Blanchard Family Wines has it for you. Once again, they're located between 18th and 19th and Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado. Just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of a dairy block. They're on Facebook and Instagram under Blanchard Family Wines. When you tell, go in or you talk to them, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast has sent you. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining us on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG Network. I'm, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Um, okay, the Nuggets had an interesting game. Uh, they struggled against the uh, almost equally, well, probably more, more injured uh, Memphis Grizzlies. But the, Grim, the Grizzlies, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily take this as a bad thing. The, the Grizzlies are actually a, uh, a uh, smart and defensive-minded uh, team. Um, they suddenly have Grayson Allen hitting shots, um, which helps their their overall team. Uh, they don't have Jonas Valanciunas, but they got, you know, still got John Morant, and he had quite the game. Nuggets several times were down by 12. Um, honestly, they were struggling to score, uh, and that's why I, I'm Scott Hastings and I have the same mindset. Like, the Nuggets get their confidence for the defense from their offense. I know it drives people like Michael Malone nuts, but that's the truth. Um, and this has been the truth for the entire run here. Um, this team's hitting shots, they play defense. Uh, and as I've always said, you can't defend your way out of a shooting slump. It's just, it's not how it works. Um, that the old philosophy of limiting possessions and grinding out a win only works in the 90s <laughs> and about to about 2005. Uh, it just doesn't apply to this NBA anymore. You can, you can play great defense, but it still requires being able to hit shots and play good offense. And the Nuggets for three quarters were not playing good offense. Uh, a lot of that had probably a lot to do with the fact that Monte Morris is injured. Uh, he pulled his hamstring. They have no idea how long he's going to be out. Um, I got the implication from listening to Michael Malone yesterday that it's going to be a, uh, extended period of time. They're not going to, uh, push it. 
So, uh, and, and, and quite frankly, they, you don't want to do that. The, the playoffs start and, oh, they've got, they're 37 and 20, so they've got 15 games left. Um, probably can get Monte back by the time the playoffs run around. So you can try to gut out the last 15 games without him, or in this, in this case, 16. But I kind of wanted to talk about what the two biggest stories were, in my view, of last night's game. Uh, we can't talk about this game without talking about Nikola Jokic. Um, Nikola Jokic had himself a, what you would call a signature game. Let me state unequivocally, and I've said this many times uh, when in, in regards, at least recently, in regards to the MVP. I do not, I think it's one of the least consequential awards in all of sports. Uh, it's a giant popularity contest. And I hate popularity contests. Um, and the, the most consequential awards are the ones that there's a lot of more deliberation on. And both of those are uh, NBA, all NBA first team, which isn't quote an award, but it is a designation, which is almost as good. And uh, the uh, finals MVP, which is maybe to, in my view, the most consequential uh, award in all of sports, um, because that means you're the best of the very limited amount of players who get to a certain point. You're the best on the best team of that year, and you did it in the best moment. Um, it's kind of like Super Bowl MVP, but there's a lot more. It's 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 a lot more meaningful in the NBA because it's a series and not a uh, um, uh, just a single game thing, right? It's it's a lot harder to be great for a seven game series the best of, you know, four out of seven than it is to be great for one game. And uh, that's just the way it is. Anyway, but, however, Nikola Jokic had a signature moment. He had a signature MVP moment. Um, and I would like to talk about how Jokic understood the feel of the game last night. Um, he started out the game, Will Barton had the first 13 points of the game. I never like it when Will has the first 13 points. He's good at getting points in bunches that are in early. He's like, I've said this before, it's like he's like Dan Essel. Dan Essel used to get those early points before the defense really gets set um, and he used to thrive on that, and then he would coast for the rest of the game and uh, be, be more of a facilitator and a rebounder. Um, but the, the Will does it, and he starts getting irrational confidence. So rather than going through the flow of the offense, Barton tends to overwhelm the situation. And I think that part is what kind of throws things off at times. However, if the Nuggets didn't get off to that start, they don't win the game. Uh, but Jokic kind of sat back, saw this, and was like, okay, we'll let Barton cook. Um, didn't really get into much of a rhythm till the second quarter. From the second quarter through the second overtime, Nikola Jokic, I believe, scored 43 of his 47 points, uh, or 40, 41, excuse me, of his 47 points, and uh, was the most dominant player in the game, with all due respect to John Morant. Um, I think Jokic probably instinctively knew uh, he'll never admit it, but he probably instinctively knew that he needed to score and he needed to up his game because the Nuggets offense didn't have it. Um, 
you know, there were chances that the Nuggets could have gone by 15, down by 15, 16, 17 points in that game. That's how bad their offense was. And it wasn't necessarily the defense. I, I, it's one of those weird games where you, Memphis was hitting shots they don't normally hit. John Morant hit a bunch of free three-point shots he never really hits. So sometimes you got nights like that, and the Nuggets just weren't, you know, they, their offense was just kind of bad. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. only had four points in the first half. Nikola Jokic had to carry this team for uh, oh, a good two of the three of the of the four quarters in the in regular in regulation, but he knew it and he did it, and he was the single most dominant player on the court. Um, and something about being a superstar is knowing that you you have to do something right. Um, if if in Nikola Jokic's perfect world, uh, he would never have to score. Um, he that is something intrinsic to a certain way people brought up that scoring is is selfish, and I think that kind of it takes a while to break out of that because in American basketball you need to be able to contribute on the scoring end, and I think now that Nikola Jokic knows when he has to has to pile on the points, now that has become a a different animal altogether. And him knowing how to pick his spots, him knowing how to uh, get from point A to point B and get his team on his back in that point is great. And there's no better essay of that than last night. I mean, he's had better scoring games. In fact, uh, he probably even had better games, folks, than he played last night. Uh, In fact, I think the game seven against the Clippers... Uh, last year where he uh, had 16 points, um, like 16 points, 20 rebounds, and like 17 assists or something like that. Um, That was probably the best game I've ever seen him play because he thoroughly dominated every aspect of the Clippers in that game. Just there was nothing the Clippers could do. Um, All that being said, uh, this was right up there. And it was another example of what Jokic knows that he needs to do. And I think moving aside the MVP talk, I think that should tell Nuggets fans that they got a superstar in their hands. And I think that is far more, far more important than any MVP talk. The MVP talk is just for this year. The superstar talk is for the rest of his career. Think about what matters. And I think what we saw last night is a signal about what matters in this league. All right, before I get started on the rest of the podcast, I'd like to talk to you about DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Masvidal and Usman put on a show the last time they stepped into the octagon. Round two is sure to pack a punch. DraftKings Sportsbook will be a... Excuse me, DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC, is putting you in the center of this weekend's title fight with 26 to 1 odds on either title on either title contender to reign victorious. Pick either main event fighter to win this weekend's UFC 261 title fight and DraftKings Sportsbook will give you 26 to 1 odds. Just bet $5 on either fighter to win. And if they walk out of the of the ring, walk out with the belt. Excuse me. You will cash one hundred and thirty dollars in free bets. 
There's no better way to put your MMH knowledge to the test than to put, to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS when you sign up to turn $5 into $130 in free bets if the title contender of your choice wins. Place bet and watch fists fly this weekend. That's code MHS on the fighter of your choosing that takes home the crown. For a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Um, Aaron Gordon didn't play the fourth quarter and both overtimes. Um, and I did get some questions last night about Gordon not playing. Um, I will say this, uh, as bad a first half as Michael Porter Jr. had, Aaron Gordon had a worse one. Uh, it was very clear that he was kind of forcing it, and it wasn't working. Uh, three, he was 0 for 3 on three-pointers, and all of them were terrible. And I think you can involve Aaron Gordon without turning him into a one-on-one player. You can involve Aaron Gordon without turning him into a isolation dude. Uh, you can involve Aaron Gordon without making him a spot-up three-point shooter. He needs to be in the dunker spot or uh, get him post-ups. Um, one of the interesting things the Nuggets have been able to do in the last couple games before this one was they actually got Gordon some posts. He got some, some posts up. Uh, against mismatches, and it worked. He, it was productive out of each time that he did that. Um, and the Nuggets, aside from Jokic, really struggled getting guys the ball in the post. Um, Michael Porter Jr. gets mismatches all the time in the post, and they always miss him, always miss him. And I think it's kind of the same thing. You've got you to gotta do it with intention, Right. One of the things that uh, Gordon needs to do is have the availability. Gordon has a tendency to drift a bit on offense, and it's kind of worse with Jamal out. Uh, it's not a big deal. Um, Gordon, and, and, and let's keep in mind, too, that Memphis was playing extremely small and that probably affected Aaron Gordon as well. Um, I kind of hate how Malone reacts to other teams rather than dictating to them. But in this case, the right call was to go in a more downsized way. Uh, the lineup that closed the game was basically Porter, Jokic. Um, so Porter at the four. You had uh, Faku Compasso. You had... P.J. Dozier in the game. It was a small lineup out there. Um, there was a stretch with uh, Porter and uh, Jermichael Green, but by and large, it was a small lineup. And that was the one that actually was able to get some headway with Jokic out there. Uh, Memphis was trying desperately to exploit a mismatch with Porter on John Morant. They got some points out of that, but not a lot, because Porter is a lot better now at least tracking his defender. Um, 
But the problem is with Gordon out there, the nuggets were too big and it wasn't working. So the adjustment was made in game. I have no problem with that. Zero. I kind of have a problem with overthinking and starting on an offensive lineup uh, at the beginning of a game a certain way. But I think that Malone did a good job of in-game adjustments with this. And I think Gordon will get better. One of the reasons, like I said, he wasn't out there was that his offense was just terrible. Um, and he was, it was just too big, and the, cho- and the choice was made to stick with Nicola and uh, Porter as the anchor and have Faku and P.J. Dozier and uh, Will Barton out there. Um, so overall, a small lineup with a you know six foot eleven guy and another seven footer, um, but they weren't necessarily quote unquote tall because uh, big because Michael Porter Jr. is six foot ten, six foot eleven, and you know string man. So I wouldn't read too much into Aaron Gordon not being out there. It just it's one of those things. It didn't. I mean, he was not having a good game. But um, it, the adjustment was the correct one. Uh, Malone deserves credit for making that adjustment, and that adjustment worked. Um, particularly since Porter came out and hit, like, he had 17 points in the second half. Um, it's the adjustment they needed. The, there's other things the Nuggets can do to get Gordon more involved without making him a one-on-one player. And those adjustments can be getting him the uh, the weak side post. And I think that could open him up a little. Uh, they had done it in the previous couple games, so I think maybe they can try that again. All right, well, thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast. Uh, I'll be back soon with another episode. And a couple days from now, uh, I actually think this weekend, so, so maybe more than that. Uh, I'm going to put up a special episode with Mark Blanchard from Blanchard Family Wines. So, anyway, thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast. I'll be talking to you soon. Goodbye.